Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Data Engineering Show. Today with me, uh, Sudeep Kumar. Hi, Sudeep. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Very good, very good. You're in Austin, correct? Yes, and it's very hot here <laughs> right now. Sir. I'm in Tel Aviv. It's also very hot indeed here. We are at around 30 Celsius, which should be, let's see, 86 Fahrenheit. Oh, that's, that's, uh, we are 103. <laughs> ah, you win, you win. <laughs> but we have higher humidity, which, which sucks. <laughs> really? Okay. Here it's like 40% right now. Um, maybe it's probably higher. Uh, Today yeah, I just it, checked it out. Here it's there. higher. Here it's higher. You go out, you start sweating. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Probably that gives you more more feeling of a heat right uh, yeah yeah unfortunately not not a dry uh, desert heat but more of an annoying uh, city heat <laughs> um okay so so sudeep thank you for joining us sudeep is a principal engineer uh at salesforce and uh, has been there for uh, almost a year before that spent a long career and especially many years at ebay doing a variety of engineering and data-related uh, projects and roles. And we'll st- spend some time uh, uh, asking you a lot of questions about that. So are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Okay, awesome. So let's start to, you know, tell us a little bit about your background, sort of how did your career evolve over the, over the years and how, what kind of data-related things did your career end up letting you do? Sure. Um, my Actually, I started my uh, career on uh, within the within the uh, telecom domain, uh, uh, and that's where, uh, and I, it, this was back in my country, India, and at that time, telecom was like really booming, it was around like 2006, around that time, that was the most happening place to be, uh, and um, like, I spent a couple of years there, and then I immediately saw a shift towards mobile, everybody started just working on mobile, mobile applications, developing around that, wanted to be part of that ecosystem, so I joined the largest player out there within the mobile uh, realm in India, which was Samsung at that time. And I joined Samsung and uh, got involved there. And that's probably where I got exposed to the first real like uh, background or like on the data volumes specifically, because we were building uh, applications around uh, social networking, very similar to Facebook that, that we had today. So this was like in 2008. Um, around that time and then I was there for uh, like around four four and a half years and immediately saw the shift of the market and the interest uh, towards e-commerce and uh, around that and I wanted to be in that area then and I just made that conscious switch from moving moving from mobile to e-commerce and that's how I ended up in eBay and I was there for eBay for nine years uh, primarily within the platform engineering team where we were handling huge volumes of structured and unstructured data, uh, uh, specifically more like, more on telemetry data. Uh, so we're handling like events, logs, and metrics at scale. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I did like, I moved to US around like six years back. Uh, I had an opportunity to do that and joined a similar team here working on, uh, things like uh, structured events, which is like or, or creating a platform around OLAP. Uh, so worked there for a while and uh, then created a metrics platform, which uh, which can uh, handle like 20, 30 million data points per second. Uh, further to that, we looked at, I looked at distributed tracing there. 
got a similar opportunity in salesforce uh, and then i just made the switch at that point in time it was a long stint there anyway uh, so it was a good time to switch and all this during all this i moved to austin uh, in uh, like i was in bay area initially but then moved to austin a couple of years back when the pandemic started before elon musk for sure <laughs> <laughs> before uh, so so at 9 years you were afraid of hitting the 10 year mark at ebay and decided let's try something new You, you got scared by by saying staying at ten years at at the same spot. I know that feeling. <laughs> I had that uh, earlier in my career as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything is so comfortable, and then you just want to switch around things. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, did you offer your friends something to eat? It's remote, mom. They're not physically with us. Did you talk about fireball? The, the podcast is not about. It's not about fireball, mom. Did you tell your friends it's the fastest cloud data warehouse? Mom, uh, we're in the middle. Please close the door. We'll talk later. So let's talk about those, those days uh, at eBay. Sounds super interesting. I mean, yeah, start, starting from the early e-commerce uh, days, eBay probably was one of the first, you know, companies that really tackled a lot of data, really at the center of, of the big data game. Tell us a little bit more about that data, the platform engineering team which you are a part of. Sort of how big was it? What kind of teams did it have? What kind of data-related projects was it in charge of? right so we were uh, uh, the larger umbrella was the data platform team uh, but then within it we are specifically looking into uh, monitoring and uh, telemetry of platforms uh, uh, es- essentially they also handle large volumes of structured and unstructured data um, and within that particular uh, charter of uh, monitoring or observability in general we had different pillars uh, for tra- we had a pillar for metrics another one for logs and metric uh, sorry events and then we have something for al- even alerting dashboarding everything so the, uh, the they were not really mutually exclusive to each other there were a lot of overlap people were moving around here within this charter uh, so my primary focus was on the back end so i was completely on the back end side i had uh, exposure towards this logs metrics and events in general and then uh, towards the end i did also look into distributed tracing so uh, the team was di- like divided between uh, we had a team in china and a team in us uh, we like fairly evenly distributed around i think we were around 30 folks overall uh, if you really look at it i don't recall the exact number but around somewhere around there overall yeah so you know during those years what part, you know what did the data stack sort of look like and what part sort of did you have a chance to to work on yeah so initially i started with c++ there we had a, a something called like a cal publisher which accepts all your log data right and, uh, and uh, th- that was kind of what we were using and internally uh, in the behind it had hadoop uh, where we were storing the data and so forth uh, slowly uh, we moved on to java uh, and as part of java specifically flink uh, we had a lot of streaming jobs that we were writing on flink to emit useful uh, metric signals uh, on this particular log data or uh, different kind of metrics event for doing some aggregations so around that and then slowly uh, when we started looking at or working with prometheus for metrics i think entire team kind of shifted to golang and we've been like a big time golang <laughs> advocates uh, for past few years now but uh, i think uh, yeah uh, if anything if you ask any of our engineers within uh, ebit i uh, specifically specifically data platform team to write any solution they would just go to golang and write something up <laughs> interesting 
What uh, other major shifts sort of throughout the years changed? I mean, sort of what were any were there any big projects to replace legacy and modernize? Oh. What were you part of? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had uh, we did have a legacy logging system uh, which was not very real time. That, that uh, it was more from a uh, like a batch kind of mode. You run a job, find out your matching logs, and from there more real time logs. We uh, we moved. Uh, Move to uh, there was a contribution that I played there, but uh, more recently the one that I can think of is uh, we completely shifted our OLAP use case from uh, from Druid uh, onto ClickHouse. Uh, th- that happened a couple of years back, uh, so that was probably one of the bigger revamps that we did. Uh, from what I remember, and metrics even for metrics also we moved from edge base to. Prometheus, uh, like we created our own distributed architecture on Prometheus Core, and uh, uh, we, we've been uh, uh, like that. That platform has scaled pretty well too. Uh, so these were some of the things that over the period that I've seen change. So, so the OLAP workloads also fell under the same group under the uh, the, the the platform engineering group. So, what kind of OLAP use cases? Who were the end users? Oh, uh, so the uh, SRE was the primary uh, end user for, uh, for, for most of these OLAP use cases, but there were also some alerting that people had on top of uh, this particular data. There's no business critical uh, alerts or data there uh, specifically. The way the way this OLAP data was generated was through logs. So our logs were pretty structured. So there was a component which would look into all these logs and emit these as events, uh, like much more uh, scraped down version of it. Uh, and then we would write on to uh, some kind of uh, OLAP store, uh, which is Druid in our case. So, like we had a Kafka in between that finally just uh, reached Druid. That's kind so of the how, model. What, that what data had. volumes were pushed to Druid and, and ClickHouse? Right. Uh, I think uh, we had, I had written a blog around this and we had a few talks also around this, but uh, from what I remember when we were doing Druid in a minute at that time, right? And the scale volumes had definitely increased from them. It was, I think, around 250 million events per minute. But uh, uh, we, I think more recently on the newer platform, we were looking upwards of 2 billion per events per minute. And how, how big was the time window that was accessible? How, 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 uh, oh, how, how, yeah. how long back? So I, you can go uh, up till a year back, but then the data will be rolled up. So uh, like we just keep rolling up the data. Uh, so the granularity will be lost, but you can essentially access data up till a year. So so all the orchestration and, 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 and uh, how was the ETL done, uh, the aggregation, what was used sort of around uh, Druid and, and ClickHouse? Yeah. Uh, so uh, when these raw events were coming in, uh, we really didn't do a lot of, uh, uh, like that was the entry point for us, but uh, we didn't have a lot, we did a lot of, uh, some level of transformations in terms of, uh, uh, I think, removing some PCI data and things around that. But uh, other than that, I think we also structured the data as part of uh, the transformation that we did uh, and uh, essentially uh, wrote them into raw tables initially. And on these raw tables, you had uh, you had more aggregations built on top of it. Like there were other tables that would do aggregations on top of this data and roll it up further. Uh, and that's kind of the model that we followed. So those roll-up would happen for every application, for every region. 
so the, those were the kind of rollups that we essentially did. Are we and talking? Similar, are we talking on premise or are we talking uh, cloud SaaS? Oh, so this is on premise. So we had a managed Kubernetes. We have a managed Kubernetes uh, uh, platform, uh, uh, which is hosted on prem, and uh, all our workloads run that uh, run over there. And uh, and the data lake. Well, you know, what's the, the how is the raw data stored? What is being used for the raw data store? Uh, yeah, so like uh, uh, it's the same. Uh, we used ClickHouse for the raw data store for the OLAP, right? And, uh, specifically, uh, no, outside uh, the OLAP. Uh, oh, the raw data. So Hadoop for the same data. Okay. The, the raw okay. data is, it will go onto Hadoop, and we had little bit of data. I think also written onto Elastic. For uh, some of these past uh, search use cases, I guess. But and over the years, mostly, wasn't there any attempt or, or push to uh, you know go to AWS or something like like everyone else? <laughs> so uh, eBay and Amazon probably uh, are competitors, right? So <laughs> <laughs> so probably I don't. I think so no. maybe AWS <laughs> is not. A, <laughs> AWS may not be a good fit, but uh, I, I think <coughs> there was some talk about. Are doing hybrid and many companies are trying to go that route but i think uh, encouragement from our management has been to run on prem uh, i'm not sure what's the motivations around that there's probably more to it than i have visibility into but uh, uh, i have a feeling that there is something more to it but i'm sure i remember the recall that we did explore other uh, cloud like a GCP and all we did explore it. Today at Salesforce, are you guys uh, do you do on premise work or do you do in cloud work? Oh, so uh, uh, Salesforce, I, I think it's publicly known that we use a lot of AWS. Uh, so I, I think that that's uh, mostly it's there. But we we also have, I think, uh, uh, similar to uh, many other companies, we have our own like our own. Uh, yeah, infrastructure as well. But uh, mostly these days we are moving towards everything on cloud. What do you miss from on-premise the most? <laughs> I pro- I think one thing I loved about on-premise you have much more control over things. <laughs> you have uh, uh, you can SSH and all that with a lot of not lot of countering, lot of security rules policies and on that. <laughs> that was convenient. Uh, but I, I'm I'm guessing that. Those things are very important, right? When you get things to prod, so uh, there is a two and like a pro and con there. But definitely for a developer, like for me, to be able to like develop things, roll out, uh, test it out, uh, I think uh, it was much easier to do on a machine where I had complete control on. Uh, so yeah, that that's something I yeah. That's an interesting trade-off. Uh, more, you know, for more and more people, it's something they ne- don't even have a chance in their career to try out anymore, uh, <laughs> right, and, and appreciate the differences. Um, right, let's go true. back to uh, you know the, the, the Druid where, uh, the transition to to ClickHouse. Sort of, you know, you, you guys were probably on Druid for a long time. What was sort of the tipping point or the reasoning to try and replace or, or try another platform? Yeah, so the we've been running and with druid for quite a bit of time and it's, we were very successful running it for like over i think over like three years or so uh, but then volumes were low uh, what we did see that over year over year the growth was increasing and the the amount of resources that we had to add to support something like uh, for druid was also uh, substantial and it was showing up on the cost other one that we saw is that uh, 
uh, and uh, that our availability on uh, for druid on on our infrastructure uh, uh, was not very reliable like it it was very flaky uh, it it had to do a lot with how our infrastructure is hosted so not really like the specific to druid per se but we have things that we have done to make things a little harder for uh, systems like druid to work uh, uh very nicely on our intra so uh, we started hitting like our devops folks or our dev uh, those guys just started getting a lot of pages and uh, for availability issues so it was just becoming a huge problem uh we wanted to look at alternatives but we were not really seriously looking at it we were basically trying to add more infrastructure and scale horizontally uh, but uh, at some point in time we uh in 2019 i guess and somewhere around that we uh, heard of this data store called flickhouse and uh, uh it was not very popular then like as it is today it was, i still remember in db rankings it was showing up like 180 or somewhere there like <laughs> it was it was like it was in uh, yeah so it was not popular at all by any standards uh, but uh, we just it was a hidden gem it was a hidden gem yes uh, that's probably the right way to put it hidden gem but we just tried it out there was another architect of ours and we just tried it out uh, we just like trying out whatever new comes uh, <laughs> and we just ran it uh, so since we were having all this load also come to kafka we had separate consumers running there for this particular uh, 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 same data pipeline we just modeled something very basic for clickhouse and started writing and we didn't expect much like we just thought okay let's see what happens and uh, i think we did not see any incidents like it was just running uh, without any issues and meanwhile our current existing platform started like uh, having lot more issues and then it 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 forced us to actually l- look deep uh, into uh, clickhouse more because it just uh it just was eating up any kind of volume that you really throw at it which was which was very impressive for us um especially on the ingestion side so um we uh, we investigated more and we saw that this potentially could replace our olap pipeline um and then uh, we put in our engineering effort around it uh, and i think that really uh, was very fruitful at then we saved quite a bit of like substantial infrastructure cost like around 90% from what i recall um uh, yeah that was pretty 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 substantial substantial cost i really say because clickhouse had proven to be more hardware efficient yeah it was uh, uh, more hardware uh, uh, more hardware efficient when it comes to really ingestion and you don't really uh, all this uh, uh, for the search and things around that we had to put a lot more effort around druid uh, to make sure that that it scales uh, for uh, clickhouse we really didn't have to do that much and that was pretty impressive about clickhouse I what uh, let's tell me more about the, the search use case what, what what kind of queries uh, were you trying to run there yeah so uh, there are queries that we run uh, for sre specifically wherein we say that uh, application health related uh, data uh, that we get from log so it says that whether how many errors did you see how many url counts you had uh, how uh, what what is been the uh, application heartbeat uh, in general like how many heartbeats you have seen uh, and how much volumes you have handled in terms of like overall uh, how many like what is the distribution for 
different kind of HTTP statuses that you have for your application. So things around that was actually being uh, rendered uh, like uh, the, on visually using this particular data. And SRE was a big time, like power users of this particular data. Did you guys did uh, you guys also do or doing like joins in the queries or is it all sort of one big fact? Yeah, uh, there there was joins. Um, I don't really recall uh, what kind of joins you were really doing. Joins, yeah. joins, were never good friends. I wonder yeah, if right. that became easier in ClickHouse. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I do remember we had some joins uh, across different tables, but. Uh, I, I just don't remember what top of my head what the use case was. And was it sort of, uh, you know, did you use that opportunity to also do a proper evaluation and try other tools head to head and then ClickHouse came out the winner or was it just ClickHouse sort of suddenly came in uh, from the corner and surprised everybody for the better and that, that was that? So we were, yeah, so we were, I think uh, uh, we were trying a few options, but nothing really was serious. Uh, even ClickHouse was not really serious for us. Uh, but ClickHouse probably made the cut just because uh, with minimal effort, we could see a lot more benefits uh, on our pipeline for that particular test. So that's the only reason probably we l- looked a little more deeper into it. Uh, I do remember that we looked at things around whether we can write this data uh, offline onto Hadoop itself and have some jobs on there. But it's not really very real-time, right? And and you guys, I guess, you know, being on-premise, you, you self-managed and ran the open-source versions of both Druid and, and ClickHouse. Yes, yes. Did eBay also, or, you know, did, did your teams also particip- like contribute to the, to the projects along the way or sort of go into the code yeah. and, and add, add functionality? Right. Uh, we had some contributions on uh, the ClickHouse operator, uh, for the open source operator uh, from our team, uh, but we we were quite active in the community. Uh, we were very active with folks who are actually very involved with ClickHouse as well. Um, and uh, as part of that, probably I'm guessing some of those uh, requirements that we raised probably tra- translated into features in in that product. Uh, but uh, it was very and that community was not that big at the time right uh, like it's probably much bigger right now uh, but uh, that those days people generally knew each other by name and it was very very small community and the, the way you used to meet is just get on a hop on a call with them and then uh, they were much more accessible at that point uh, yeah yes uh, full disclosure firebolt which is you know we, we don't talk about firebolt in, the, in this uh, podcast typically but uh, uh, firebolt you know started from uh, is based Part of it, the, the, the query execution engine was a hard fork from from ClickHouse back then. Yeah, I mean, ClickHouse is essentially amazing when it comes to to, to speed and performance at scale. Um, and sort of part of, of the journey for us in Firebolt was, you know, how how can we adapt it to the to the modern data stack and then uh, to to a SaaS uh, kind of experience and, and so forth. But absolutely, uh, the, the the performance and, and the scale is. Uh, Top notch. Pretty impressive, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and tell me about the uh, the metrics platform that you mentioned. So this one was like um, uh, what we essentially ended up doing is that we saw the advantage of using Prometheus, uh, uh, and it was integrated very nicely with Kubernetes, right? And, uh, and we had our own, like uh, I think, HP's based solution for metrics. Uh, which 
was fine but again it had uh, availability challenges and it was not very rich in feature uh, as much as we would have liked and some of the things around uh, data locality and all that this was very much well addressed in kubernetes world so uh, we looked at whether we can use prometheus core and then create a distributed architecture on top of it to be able to scale uh, so essentially what we did is Uh, we had uh, we took the prometheus core and we created a, a abstraction layer on top of it uh, which is uh, which is essentially we call it like a shard uh, and you can have multiple shards within the cluster and for things around replications and all was taken care by dual writes uh, and uh, when you egress a query you essentially look at things around health of the shard uh, based on uh the data points for a particular tenant uh, how healthy that was on that chart and we would uh, cater to those query based on that awesome what uh you know what uh projects sort of do you remember the most as the ones you enjoyed the most you know in 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 the last decade uh, working with all these things you worked on yeah the uh, the one that probably i enjoyed the most uh, was uh, actually on a problem of called discovery uh, uh, of data within large volume sets uh, and uh, the, that was pretty interesting because we had a ch- we had a challenge of uniquely dis- uh, identifying uh, different metrics and within a metric identifying different keys and values for it we're talking about uh, the ebay days right yeah the ebay days yeah sorry yeah the ebay days to give more context so uh, we had uh we had a problem around uh, topology discovery for uh, for metrics uh, and at large and these were like huge volumes of data right and, uh, so essentially those used to take a lot of time when you really run at the back end uh, to find out what are the, give me all the metrics give me all, for each metric give me all the key and values for it and specifically when the cardinal uh, okay, uh, just uh, sorry to to uh, uh to cut you in the middle but the topology for metrics can you elaborate on that a little bit so what's the business scenario there what what were we trying to look into yeah uh, imagine a case where user is coming on to your like a metrics platform and he starts first with a metric name right so he starts typing in say a metric name called say my tenant dot cpu something like that and then you should see all the metrics associated with that particular expression and then he selects it it should be like a very interactive kind of a, a, a mode there and that's a homegrown ebay metric store yes right right so whom and uh, on metric on, so this was this particular system was created in parallel to the metric store uh, so your metric store has all this raw time series data but the topology itself for each of these metrics like the metric name and the key and value pairs used to be uh, uh, re- uh, used to reside in a different data store we used to use elastic for that but then we we had a different data store for it and all that uh, the the metadata discovery on that give me the give me the metric name give me the key and the values those used to come from uh, elastic so uh, initially what we tried is to serve all that from the raw store but that was not very performant um, and uh, we looked at what we can do to make it much more efficient because those need to be super fast right users cannot really wait uh, for those interactions to complete so we we wanted to give a very delightful experience there and that's the first kind of interaction that user would have on our platform start searching and so and since we were like the system which is getting all this metric data 
uh, in one like single sink, it, it became more important for us to be able to do that faster. Got it. Awesome. And what uh, we also sometimes like to ask about bad memories. So give us sort of a regretful story, something that you learned from a horrible mistake uh, that we can uh, teach others to, to avoid. Yeah, yeah, I think the, probably one of the horses I can remember is on the on the distributed tracing, right? So if you really look at tracing, you can create a platform, you can create everything around it. But when it comes to adoption uh, for something like uh, tracing, you need end-to-end visibility. Uh, so that means like any hop of your any hop uh, of your request that goes to say service one to service two to service three needs instrumentation done on all three services, right? And uh, and that was a challenge that we we probably underestimated. Uh, so uh, because what happened, we created the platform, we created everything, it works very nicely. But then if one of the service owners says that I am not ready to instrument, I'm not ready to uh, do. So you have the entire chain breaks and then the experience really becomes uh, uh, not that great, right? Uh, you'll see... You'll see different traces for unlike different uh, what do you call traces which are not even like matching with each other. Uh, so that experience was a problem. So, so one thing I realized from that is that maybe a good idea to always check whether uh, how how feasible is it also for people to adopt it like uh, at speed, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's something I definitely. Uh, was a, a little bit of pain also I felt <laughs> to have to, uh, to so the, the problem was discovered way too late yeah it was late like you were so happy with this particular system that you built and you think yeah. it's going to change the world <laughs> with, <laughs> yeah. but then you then you find that okay not everybody is excited about this as you are excited about uh, about the same thing which is yeah I mean which is interesting for for soft I, I mean it's it's something we hear about like in classic product management, right? Like how can we keep the end users close to what we're building? Right. And oftentimes in, in deep engineering projects, uh, that can get lost. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, but, yeah. but, you know, for data point. projects and, you know, I myself, I, you know, I'm a product guy dealing with data my entire career, but a product guy. But, and you see more and more positions today that are called a data product manager. Because there's so much data activity and data projects going on in the software world that you know there's this specialty in being a product manager for data-related projects only, and you know we need to pull sort of the, the end users into the the planning and uh, uh, ahead of time, even if those are sort of our internal users uh, or analysts or or whatever or engineers. Yeah, but that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, you, that's a, that, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, how different is uh, the data world at, at Salesforce compared to to eBay? The problems are similar, uh, I, I guess. So there is a lot of familiarity uh, in uh, like the concepts and everything. But uh, uh, each company has, I think, a different way to go about things in terms of execution. So uh, there are pros and cons both places. Uh, uh, I think I, I'm I'm fairly. I didn't really. For me, it was more like lift and shift, really, to be honest. Because we, uh, I, some of these terms and constructs and even technology stack was all familiar, I guess. So for me, it didn't really take long, and I don't feel a lot of difference to be able to. Well, 
What stack uh, are you dealing with now at Salesforce? Uh, it's, it's it's Java, a uh, little bit of Golang, uh, and uh, I think uh, the yeah, Elasticsearch, uh, like, uh, yeah, Hadoop. I think a lot of overlap. Probably the most, probably not only ClickOS is not yet there, not yet. So let me see what we can do. To- so what is being used for, uh, for uh, overlap? Uh, I think for OLAP, we uh, we do have a, a like similar uh, uh, something like a Druid. Uh, I I I'm not sure sure actually because I'm still new in this particular charter, but I've I've heard uh, there is a events uh, built around. Uh, I think around Druid. I'm not sure. It's probably a little bit of everything. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, uh, the this team is also pretty big, uh, and being remote and not being able to. Uh, were, like interact with the team closely. Uh, I think so, some of the things I don't have visibility into directly. But uh, right now we are focused on distributed tracing, like me and my our team. Yeah. And as for yourself, you've gotten used to the desert heat in Austin, or are you planning to move back to the Bay Area now that the pandemic is behind us? I miss the weather. I really do miss the weather uh, in Bay Area, and uh, the food is in Bay Area also is good. Uh, people say food in Texas also great. But not to my liking, probably. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the Bay food is also good. So I do miss these two things about uh, Bay But Bay is super expensive. And that's probably one of the reasons I moved in the first place. Uh, just Especially if you want to raise a family and you need more space and everything. Uh, Texas yeah. is pretty accommodating. <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, Sudeep, it's been super, super yeah. interesting. Thanks hey, for sharing your, your journey and your experience with these technologies and, and the challenges you've done. And uh, yeah, that's it. Super interesting. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so thank much. You so we've launched just a few months ago. Uh, we're growing quite nicely, right? How many views do we have? Very happy. I think we've got like we're in thousands, right? Happy. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Not bad. But we want more. If more. you like this, yes. help us spread the love. If you don't like Eldad, spread, you know... Vote for replacing for me. me for someone else. Uh, That's fine. And, you know, we promise to try our best to keep bringing you... are amazing, you boss. The data people from the most interesting data companies. So subscribe, make our mama proud, yes. help us out. Love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs>